0: Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Liberty Diner Dish. I'm Ken. I'm Michelle. And we're about to jump right into another episode of Queer Spoke.
1: We are. And not just any episode, Girl. we are at the season finale uh, oh. for season three. Oh my
0: God.
1: Okay. But before we get started, I don't want to forget, we have a shout out. And this is to, okay, I'm going to mess this all up, but Uh -uh. it's like Stanislava from Bulgaria. Okay. Yes.
0: Stanislava, nice to meet you. Yes,
1: and I'm sorry I'm saying your name wrong. Yes, I'm country,
0: so that's mine. Yeah, well, they told uh, me
1: that they are uh, working on their English and they practice it by listening and talking with us. On our podcast, and I was like, Oh, Oh, gosh, we are teaching you nothing but cuss words and southern (laughs) slang. (laughs) I
0: would be better. I would work on my diction.
1: (laughs) I know. We'll try to talk a little slower, but that's a lie. That's the New Year's resolution that, yeah, I'm already going to fail (laughs) at.
0: Well, thank you so much for tuning in. We do appreciate it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And anything you need in a shout out, whatever you need, but we got you.
1: Yes, thank you so much. And thank you too. There's another person who. Message on Instagram that they are binging to catch up on all the episodes. Yeah, right <laughs> yes, come
0: through. Okay. I will say, do not judge me on season one <laughs> until you get about like eight episodes in because, yeah, I was nervous, but we're going to go. with
1: Yeah, that. but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we, we found our, our sea yes, legs eventually. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> got them, got them. But yes, girl. Oh my God. Can you believe we're already here? I Man. know.
1: I know we finished season three. I'm so proud of us for a couple reasons because both of us have a tendency to get real excited about something and then like start it, yep. but then kind of back away from it. Yeah, so.
0: <laughs> And no, we went all in on this and we were faithful. I mean, like we had a couple setbacks, you know. moving things like that but i mean we planned for it and um, we made it happen because we love y'all too as much as we love this show we we do this for you
1: right and we do want to be consistent with like because we there's so many people who message us and say like you guys make my monday i look forward to mondays because of the new podcast episodes and so that's my fuel yeah it really is and that really motivates us Mm -hmm. and there are times when we're like Look, we gotta find a way to squeeze it
0: in. Facts. Like, I mean, you literally, I was like, I tried to cancel for real this week on the real. You know, I was like, I'm moving and y'all don't, y'all have no idea. When we move we move, okay? <laughs> yeah, it's,
1: they have so much crap. So much. It's not I mean, crap though. It's like no. super fancy. Like, Seal, though, <laughs> it's a lot.
0: And it's heavy. And it, it's crazy. And she was like, no, 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 no. I'm going to make time. We're coming. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? You sure <laughs> right, boo. You are sure right. Like, if we
1: have to record in my car, yes. we are Getting it done. Yeah, like, and I will it.
0: just come pick you up somewhere. That part, you know, and look, here we are. We're getting it done, making it happen. And thank you, boo. I love you for keeping me
1: yeah. and holding Yeah, well, okay? I love you you for just going along with my shenanigans and (laughs) we're a team and we that's right we
0: we we run this together i love you and i love doing this i mean this is so much fun for me
1: it is okay well we got to jump into this episode and I, like, think I know what I want to say about it, but I don't even know. We'll just see what comes out of it. Girl, us. I <laughs> want to slap
0: the hell out these writers of us, okay? Like, they, they they always do the most,
1: They, okay? they do, they yeah. Do the and most. they have me somewhere everywhere I, I in this episode. Girl, like,
0: I, I I think I need to be checked into some type of mental <laughs> hospital right now. Like, I, I don't even know what's going on.
1: We're going to have to do a season three recap. We're going to yeah. have to figure out how to work it in because really? I need to, like, just go back through.
0: Literally, yeah. my
1: world...
0: Season one, I was like, "Damn, this show was good." Season two, I was like, "Oh my god, Clutching Pearls." This season, I'm like, "Mouth dropped, can't get it together, the world is <laughs> flipped upside down." Like, yeah. I thought we was going. I thought we was like Gucci. We got Justin and Brian back, and then wow, we got the whole Ted debacle. Yeah. I was like, "What the yeah. heck? <laughs> what is going on?" Like, I would have never get. I would have. I would have bet a million dollars that that storyline would have never happened.
1: Right. Yeah, Crazy. and not. Yeah, and not for Ted. But then when you think about it, it's like, of course it would be Ted. But. Right. But yeah, all of it. We, we, yeah, we got to find the time to go back through and just kind of work our way through. Right. Well, y'all stay three. tuned
0: for that because we, we definitely got to bring that because I got so much to say about it. season three felt like two or three seasons in one.
1: It did. And it was the first of their shorter seasons, and it, but it felt like, yeah. The content mm-hmm. they
0: had so much substance in every episode. Mm-hmm. It was like, I, I, you know, I love the show, but I've never once said, let's watch two episodes when season right. one or season two. Every damn after every episode, I was like, "Can we please watch another one? Yeah. Can we please watch another one? Like it's getting really difficult now. Can we to watch another one? You yeah. know, like please, let's just watch another one." But I mean, like, damn, mm-hmm. it was crazy. I loved every moment, and now I'm sick that we made it. But yeah. I'm happy.
1: Well, I got a surprise for you. Okay, what? There is uh, an episode three fifteen this season. Yes, I'm live. Oh, stop <laughs> playing with me! Oh my god, you know I'm going. Did
0: you see my face? I
1: did. that is so
0: messed up, girl. Uh, oh I lied. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get you back.
1: <laughs> but we do have 314 and we believe it or not are gonna talk about it. So here we go. Uh so let's start at the beginning. Out on the streets of Liberty Avenue, we see a couple, two men, and they are sharing a kiss and mm-hmm. they're holding hands, walking down the street, just kind of living their lives out there. And that is until they see two officers. You
0: see the fear come over their eyes. Yeah. mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Walking toward them. And they they drop their hands. They separate. And they put their heads down. And it's like we've gone back 20 or 30 years in time. I
0: know. And I'm thinking you're in your own neighborhood where you should feel safe and comfortable. You're on the strip. Mm -hmm. You're on the F. I shouldn't have to drop your hands. Matter of fact, the cops should have walked around me, not between us. You're right. rude for even doing that in the first place. But, I mean, how do you not feel comfortable in your own spot? Yeah. Is that enough that you can't go after the rest of the city without being judged? But I'm getting judged on Liberty Avenue? Mm-hmm. Like, get it together. And,
1: and it just shows, like, how much things have changed because of Softwell. Yeah, and this election, just how all of that has changed within less than a year. You know, um, it's a totally different vibe over there. Mm-hmm. So yeah Uh, um so they let the cops pass um and when this happened you know and and the cops walk by them and they turn around and and look at them just like trying to find something to poke at you know but anyway i love how the color fades
0: with this from color to black and white Mm -hmm. it takes us back to the
1: 50s yeah it really does (laughs) yeah we go back in time and but I think this is also exactly what Stockwell has in mind. It's, it's what Justin said to the disciplinary right. board. They want to strip away my right to express myself and my beliefs. Like everything that makes me who I am, that gives me life and color, that's what he wants to strip away. Exactly. And that's what he's been doing.
0: Um, that's one thing I can say I love about the writers. The way they use these metaphors and mm-hmm. different little imagery tricks that they use with the, uh, with the camera. I mean, the tail of the story. With the
1: colors. Yeah, the with, colors. Yeah.
0: I mean, so subtle. I mean, you really have to like be with it, with the show to pick it up. But I mean, like, God, like, yeah. they used every angle there yeah.
1: was. Uh huh. <laughs> amazing. Yeah. But I, yeah, I like that. That is a very visual representation of what they want. Like, they want to make everything dull, make everyone conform. Like, no, you're going to fit into right. our mold. Yeah. Uh well Justin and Brian are coming out of what could be Woody's, maybe they were doing some day drinking. Right. right. (laughs) Well they're coming out and they see they see what happened and Brian says, This used to be such a magical kingdom. And Justin says, now it's like watching the Wizard of Oz in reverse. And because he's just cops in the in the streets, cops in the bars, cops in the clubs. And they are literally occupying Liberty Avenue. Like, yeah, that's turning it. it into a police state. Yeah. And Brian says, it's depressing. And Justin says, well, unless you're into cops. And then our favorite little rebels.
0: <laughs> Yo, I love them. I was like, come through. Yeah, Brian yes. pulls
1: Justin into a yeah. kiss there right in front of the so the same
0: officers who was giving dirty looks to the first mm-hmm. couple. So Brian is like, I'm fearless. Like, I know my rights. I'm, I'm going to be me. I'm going to be comfortable. You in my neighborhood. I'm right. going to do me. Okay. And get under your skin because you're not under mine.
1: Right. And I love that little grin from Justin as he looks back at the officer. Yes. Come through. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Debbie and Vic come out and Debbie's like, what are you two doing? Because she just knows that these two are up to some shenanigans. Always. (laughs) And Brian says they are copulating and he uh, gives a little demonstration of that on the street. Love it. So Vic is with Debbie, like I said, and he is passing out some stop Stockwell flyers, and they give them to these two guys, and one's like, well, I think he's hot. I'd do him any day. And it's like, mm, I don't think we're, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, low-key,
0: <laughs> low-key he is. He's just an ass. Okay, <laughs> like, you know, if you were to older men, you know. Yeah. Low, but you know I am. Low-key, he <laughs> is. But we don't want him to win.
1: Right, because at this point, we know that Stockwell is hiding some pretty dark stuff behind all those politician smiles and waves, and uh, so, yeah. But
0: it just shows how people, unless they're directly affected, they can give a damn.
2: Right. Debbie's
0: out here, she's not even gay, and mm-hmm. she's out here fighting the fight. Every time we see Debbie, she has some type of flyer, brochure, pen, something on her that's representing for uh, deacons. And down with um, Stockwell. So, I mean, she's fighting the gays on voting and taking, you know what I'm saying? Like, she's fighting them. Like, you have to go ahead. She's advocating harder than we could have ever. Right. So, I mean, like, at this point in the game, they haven't seen anything that makes them want to go and advocate for for deacons. Like, why are they getting so much fight?
1: And it shows just how disengaged people can be, where they will make a, they'll vote for somebody based on anything. When I was in college, um we watched a movie. I think it was called like The Call. I don't know. I don't know what it's called, but it Eddie Murphy in it. The um,
0: Distinguished Gentleman.
1: Is that it?
0: When he goes there, he wants to be, he's a liar basically and he gets, it, runs in for office.
1: Yeah. But, but, ba- but basically he gets elected just because yeah. he has the same name yeah. as somebody else and like they don't even recognize that it's mm-hmm. a whole different person. But, but just like, you know, people latch on to one little thing like, oh, he's handsome. We'll vote for mm-hmm. him. It's like, you don't know anything about right. what he stands for or whatever. By so. the end,
0: he did become good. But, um, yeah. yeah but, yeah, just distinguished gentleman.
1: Okay. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> but
0: anyway. Yes.
1: Well, Justin goes off to help Vic with the flyers. So I'm not really sure he thinks he's going to be effective, but I do think that Justin wants to do absolutely anything everything he can. He can. To know that I did all I could do to try to stop him. And I like that Brian just kind of, like, smiles at Justin watching him go. Because he knows that. He knows Justin's going to do whatever right. he can do. to. But
0: Brian know. also knows that it needs to be a greater reach. Because yeah. he knows that. Look at the community. They're talking about how sexy Stockwell is. Mm-hmm. They're not paying attention. They don't see attention. that it's
1: serious. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I
0: mean, like, their minds are not wearing these Or to that be. they
1: have the power to do something exactly. about it. Because the two guys, like, they saw it was serious. But they didn't. It's like, no, okay, they, but you have the power to do something yeah, about it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, cause that's definitely how Debbie feels, like, hey, they're not taking this seriously, and she asked Brian to lend a hand to help pass out flyers, and he says it's gonna take more than that. It is though. Yeah, Everybody I mean, look is. at everything that he's been, he and Justin have been doing this whole time, like, it, yeah, it's gonna take more than that. Yeah. Those things are important, but it's gonna take more. So then Michael and Ben are headed out on their bikes, and Hunter is behind them with his own bike and backpack. So I guess he is going to go to school.
0: Yo, this was the cutest scene, because yeah. for one, Michael has come all the way around, mm-hmm. okay? Like, he's loving, he's friendly, he's inviting. And hell, to see the change in Hunter, like, I mean, he's happy. It's like, finally, he has a place. Like, he yeah. has a family. He has someone who cares for him that's not expecting anything in return, just his safety, his well-being, and then Ben is just ha- It was yeah. a great scene. Great yeah,
1: moment. I loved it. Uh, Hunter tells him that he's going to hang out with his friends after school, and I gather these are his friends from like his hustler Right. Days. right. and he told them that two old queens are paying him $500 a day to walk around naked, and they're all jealous. <laughs> uh-huh. but yeah the, they all look happy the three of them it's like they've caught onto each other's quirks like right. Ben knows when Hunter is kind of pulling their chain right. and Hunter knows that Michael is the more gullible one mm-hmm. and so they've learned this about each other they really are bonding and kind of forming forming a, a family and
0: you can see it coming together mm-hmm. like you really can like looking into Michael's eyes in a way that he actually kind of looks back at um at Hunter he gives like that kind of protective look like oh no like I really want to know I'm concerned who are you with? Where are you going? Yeah, you know, like he he has like that fatherly eye, you know, like um that that Debbie's eye. Yeah. So um yeah, it was it was really good seeing him warm up. I was like, okay, Michael, we playing on my heartstrings, baby. <laughs> Get back in the heart because last two, seasons, yeah. uh-huh. last two seasons,
1: yeah, the
0: last two seasons, boy, giving up on you. <laughs>
1: Well, uh so then we see melanie and she's about to break her back trying to poke her stomach out girl
0: she <laughs> that back is bent in she is sweating oh, baby you're wearing 90 pounds soaking wet okay yeah. you are not showing
1: well she thinks she's showing so i'll let her have it and uh she tells Lindsay that she's showing and um you know she's been wanting this baby and so seeing this progress is very special for for her and, They talk about pregnancy glow and nausea and weird cravings. And it's a nice moment with the two of them. Mm -hmm. Well, Lindsay shows her a blanket that she bought for the baby. And immediately things shift. Melanie's like, get that out of here. Don't you know it's bad luck to buy something for a baby before it's born? And Melanie tells Lindsay, apparently, that it's like a Jewish thing. And Lindsay's like, oh, I didn't know. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll take it back.
0: I'm a strong believer of that, though. Like I am. Like I think the baby shower shouldn't even be done until like the seventh month. I know. Like,
1: I know a lot of people who who, who think that way. Yeah. yeah I
0: like I mean, we're gonna wait, okay? Like because
1: that's a very delicate time. The yeah. whole pregnancy and even, even delivery delicate, and yeah. a like after it's a delicate. You, you time. don't even know
0: until the baby's out, okay? Like right. I feel like we shouldn't be naming. We should be doing none of that <laughs> until we actually see the head. We here went cut the cord.
1: Yeah, like, like I mean, yeah.
0: that's when we start getting gifts. Have the gifts line. Have, be in line when I'm in labor.
1: Yeah, I definitely know people like I, I had a friend and like it was like, girl, you're obviously pregnant, and she still wouldn't say anything. No, <laughs> like <laughs> I'm not pregnant. No, yeah, mm-mm. you
0: mm-hmm. know, am girl, I wish somebody would sweep my feet with a broom. Oh, <laughs> hell's is breaking loose. Okay, like no, I'm superstitious. We don't. Yeah, mm-mm.
1: you are very superstitious. <laughs> yeah. Well, Emmett is downstairs on their couch because he's staying with them, you know, and. uh, he gets a call from Vic about a party and he pretends to be feeling a little sticky. And I'm not surprised that he's not in the mood to plan a vow renewal ceremony. And and he does need a little time. You know, this is still recent. I don't know how much time has passed, but I don't think it's been that much.
0: It doesn't matter if it's been that much. I mean, his His whole world has been turned upside down. Right,
1: and he's been dealing with that for so long too, by himself,
0: Mm -hmm. because he couldn't involve anyone immediately. Right, because he was embarrassed. He didn't want to embarrass Ted as well. And
1: he was in denial in his own way,
0: exactly. So I mean, that's a lot of stress on him. And now that he's finally come to terms, I mean, I'm pretty sure the baby's in a mini depression. You know, like work is the last thing on his mind.
1: Yeah. Well, Lindsay doesn't mean to bunny in, but she says if Ted wants to destroy himself, that's his choice don't let him destroy you too and i do get where she's coming from um because Emmett quit Dorso, and so this party planning business is That's very necessary for him right now yeah. and while nothing should come before your mental emotional and physical health i think she's just saying don't get comfortable hiding away from life i right. think is what she's trying to say
0: but it's too soon
1: yeah because Emmett does tell her it's none of your business yeah. and uh, you should butt out uh, which she did give him permission to say before she even got started. Now, when a friend starts something with, you can tell me it's none of my business. It's normally none that's of your a, damn business. That's a good indicator that they're about to get all up in your business. Yeah. Or the, better yet, that they've already been up in your business. Like, <laughs> yeah.
0: Thank you for letting me get your couch, baby. But um, no.
1: Yeah. Do you like advice from friends? Say it again? Do you like advice from friends um, in situations? Like- I
0: don't like unsolicited Right. Exactly. Like, if I ask you, hey, what do you think? Or girl, this is what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. But I mean, other than that, like, I got
1: it. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I got it.
0: And then if you do give it to me, I'll take it in. I probably, I probably, I mean, I'm always gonna, I'm always open to learn more. I'm always open to hear others, um, you know, but, opinions yeah. and, others, and different, especially somebody out there knows of me outside looking in. Then yeah, because sometimes you
1: You get blinded by what exactly yeah, what you know and who you are. And yeah,
0: true. So I mean, I guess, I guess it depends on the friend and depends on the situation, but yeah. I'm open to it, but at the same time when it's if it's too much, I'm gonna let you know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well Emmett tells him Ted is his partner and his pal and you know, he did leave the apartment, but only because Ted made him like yeah. until the very till it, Ted uh, put him out, Emmett was like, Hey, you can still be you, you can you can kick this, you can you know, you can get True. better. So he was still trying to stay and help Ted.
0: But also it's a double whammy. Not only is he lost his his lover. He lost his best friend. Right. So I mean, like it's a double whammy. Like I mean, it's a double breakup.
1: Yeah. Well, Melanie tells him that. Come on, you gotta be, you gotta be tough. And Emmett says, "My dad used to say that he even bought me boxing gloves to teach me to be a man." And I like that they went there with this line Mm -hmm. because uh, they they show what comes to mind for Emmett when he thinks about what it means to be tough. Right. Because I think this is what society forces on men. You know, you have to be tough and no emotions, no wallowing, and yeah. Yeah. Not emotionally tough, but physically tough. Like You can be emotionally immature, mm-hmm. but, but you have to be physically tough. Yeah, and, I can't stand Yeah, that. I don't I don't like that because that should not be the formula for what makes a, a man, you know?
0: And that's all, it goes back to that's why no one ever checks on a man's mental health. Right. We have depression. We commit suicide as well. I mean, I don't know why no one checks on a man. We're always supposed to be so strong. You know, we can't cry. We can't show any emotion. We can't do this and that. Check on us too. We're yeah. human.
1: And that's got to be... I mean, here I go speaking to someone got no business speaking on don't know about, but that's got to be even harder for a gay man, I would think, because Absolutely. it's already just being gay. You have to, be, I'm not a woman. Like, yes. unless, it, you know, it's one thing a person identifies as a female, that's different. But if you identify as a man, as a gay man, you're already had like, no, that doesn't make me. You're always you on know. a defense. Yeah. You
0: know, you're always defending yourself. So there's no time to actually let your walls down and just, you know, vent to someone or let someone in on exactly what you're going through because you yes. always feel like you're going to be judged
1: yeah in my opinion Mm i can't speak
0: for everyone's experience
1: well Lindsay says wouldn't your daddy be surprised to see the man you've become but yeah but probably not in a good way Mm -hmm. and i think what they're showing with this conversation is even though this is well-intended advice from melanie and Lindsay, like he's not receiving it well you're totally missing the mark here Mm -hmm. (laughs) because you're telling be tough be be strong you know be a fighter like when your daddy be proud of you like
0: no, okay, baby. clearly,
1: like this is Emmett we're talking yeah, about. We need like to
0: talk about that auntie always.
1: Yeah, about, yeah. And Lila, I think yeah, yeah. it is. <laughs> but yeah, so oh, Melanie and Lindsay, they're they're trying. Well, over at the loft, even though Brian is now unemployed, he just bought a new liquid television for five thousand dollars, and the first thing he sees on his new TV is Stockwell. And, <laughs> yeah. That uh, that ad that he created has come back as a ghost to to haunt him.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it is. It's coming back, you know. Yeah. uh -uh.
1: But Justin tries to cheer him up. And I love that he even goes, he's like, hey, this might cheer you up. And he's showing him his new villain for the Rage comic. And it's Razorback. He is a swine who, thanks to a very talented ad exec, can appear pretty close to human form. Yep. And he is running for mayor of Gayopolis. He has mesmerized everyone into voting for him, but they don't know that he's leading them to the slaughterhouse. And it goes back to what that guy, those guys were saying earlier. Oh, well, he's attractive. You know, I think he's hot. I'd do him. And so it's like. Mm -hmm. He's got them full. You know, yep. Brian presented him in this way. Remember the whole scene where he lifts his shirt to wipe his sweat. Yep. So Brian intentionally presented him in this way. Mm-hmm. And now it's got people like, ooh, yeah, no, I'll go well, for it. I him. see him
0: differently. Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, but- I love how
0: he is a cop and he's the swine pig mm-hmm. cop. Love that again.
1: Play. <laughs> yeah. They're very clever with, mm-hmm. uh, with their names and all that stuff. But I like it because if Justin can't beat Stockwell in this world, he will defeat him in an alternate universe. Oh, He's oh, he gonna
0: murder him in an alternate <laughs> yeah, universe. Yeah, his
1: fight continues. Yeah. And he says, if only there were a real rage to change everyone's mind, because what he says is that um, you know Rage will use his powers of mind control to change all the people's opinions it, so that they vote against him. He
0: just used a Jedi mind trick on break. <laughs> Yeah. But re- only if there was just a real rage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, just If we just had one, if I could just put the little phrase signal up and let him come, Jedi Mind you.
1: Yeah. Well, Brian looks disgusted by Stockwell, but I also think that he's frustrated because Brian's at yet another dead end with this. Mm-hmm. Like, at first he was sabotaging the campaign from within, then he got caught. Uh, then he moved on to trying to track down Jason Kemp's murderer and then, and connecting that to Stockwell while well, Rikert is dead now. So that's over. The passing out flyers and meeting people on the street, like, that's very necessary and important. But Brian and Justin were making very big waves. Right. But now it seems like they've exhausted every avenue. Yeah, I know.
0: So you, like, it? A, a still Yeah. Like, hey, <laughs> like, what
1: What now? Like, I can't not do anything. I've already created all this momentum, mm-hmm. this movement, this kinetic energy. It's like, I can't. But what is the next move? Like, yeah. so are like,
0: a little stuck at the moment.
1: Yeah. Well, then we see Michael and Ben, and they are rushing home, trying to get in some quick adult time before well, Hunter gets home from school. Us. Yeah, well, they got a kid now, so you got to schedule it. Lord,
0: <laughs> Baby, I got 10 minutes.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, he's at Spanish something class or whatever. Well, there's a knock at the door, and it's a lady looking for Benjamin Bruckner. And the principal's office gave her Ben's name and address. And I'm thinking, mm, you can't do that these days. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, Ben asks if there's something wrong with Hunter. And she says, Hunter, is that what he's calling himself now? His name is Jimmy. Well, she is Rita Montgomery and she's Hunter's mom, which, excuse us, because we were told that she was in jail for dad. killing Hunter's dad. And uh, she says that she let him go to a foster home because she couldn't take care of both of them. and. She called about a year ago to check on him and he had run away and she's been trying to track him down, looking for him ever since. And uh, she says, I don't know how he survived this whole time and, you know, out on his own. And she's like, oh, you two are angels for taking him in. Thank you so much. And she tells Michael and Ben that she wants Hunter to come and live with her. So I got a job now, an apartment. I want him to come home. That kind of puts them in a weird position
0: absolutely they've been taking care of this boy making sure he was good you have been nowhere to be found period okay um you clearly haven't been searching that hard because i mean he's been out
1: right and and it's just like you know they they're getting him back on track and they've also started incorporating him into their world and into their life and and now his mom is here which is supposed to be a good thing but they've already attached themselves yeah, to Hunter. They and did. and it's like, you already lost him once. And so I'm a little, little suspicious and which,
0: a little reluctant. Yeah. Which I love about them. Like they wasn't like, Oh my God, you're here to get him. Like Yeah. yeah. Like, Oh
1: good. But Take no. it finally. They had
0: the antennas up like, okay, we don't, we don't know you yet. You know, mm-hmm. I hear you. Yes. You're his mom. You're his birth mom. Mm-hmm. We don't know if you're really a mom.
1: Right. So we'll,
0: we'll see. We're going to hold on for a minute. Yeah. They hear, they're going to feel it out.
1: So, apparently, Brian's not totally out of options, and he hasn't given up yet. He goes to visit Marvin Deacons, who is running against Stockwell, of course, his opponent, and he gives him an interesting tape. We don't really see what's on this tape, but this is the VHS, guys. This is what you put in a VCR. Uh. <laughs> and, uh, anyway, uh, of course, Deacons wants to know why Brian brought it to him, and considering Brian's former position in Stockwell's campaign, that's a valid question. Because it's like, how do I know this isn't like a Trojan horse situation where exactly. you give me this and you pretend that you've defected, but really you're just trying to get me to do something that's going to work against me, or you could just be a jilted ex employee or whatever, and this is a fake, and you're just doing this because you're upset. True.
0: You know? uh, what I love, what he said in News that you know, what no matter what the outcome is, I'm going to run a clean campaign. That is the type of mayor you need. He was like, it's integrity. Like, I don't, I've ran a clean campaign this whole entire time. I'm going to finish off like that as well. Win or lose, I know that I can live with myself knowing that. I. So, although Brian was bringing him the golden ticket, I love that he turned it down yeah. because of his own integrity.
1: Yeah. The only thing about it is though, like, okay, but what if this is true? That guy could win and he's this horrible person and you didn't do anything to try to stop it
0: true but if, even if he would have taken it it doesn't matter it, it would have been spun that the whole spin of the whole situation would have right. been all last minute smear like right. you said exactly. you know or you didn't win fair and square like the votes would have been going to him you had to do this and that he would have been defending his whole you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. career uh, whole campaign throughout his whole term as mayor it wouldn't have worked right it would have just turned out uh, my mama always said what's done in the dark will come out in the light That's
1: right. so mm-hmm. even if
0: Stockwell would have won everything that he has been doing would have come out
1: well they could still have that video like hey we want this investigated right so there is still something that could be done even if you don't use it to win in the election that is very true but brian does say the reason that he brought it to him is because he's always had a deep and abiding regard for the truth especially where politicians are concerned and at first i was like "Mm, i don't know if i believe that but though that's actually right he does uh brian does value the truth But it's just he doesn't respect politicians because he doesn't think they tell the truth. No, he doesn't.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. Which they don't. (laughs) Sorry. That's (laughs) my own personal opinion. I'm not calling any specific politician out, but they don't.
1: But, yeah, so like you said, Councilman Deacon says that he runs a clean campaign and he's not going to sway the outcome by taking this video from Brian. And Brian accuses him of being a coward, but in a very... Oh, he called him.
0: he He said, Stockwell may be a dick, but... At least he was not a pussy.
1: That is okay. the Brian Kenny way of saying yes. it. <laughs> but
0: it, it also was the truth because you know. What? Yeah. But but then it sums up Stockwell as in you do. I feel like Stockwell would have sold his mama to get this win.
1: He like, got power hungry because yeah. you know when he was having that talk with Brian in the hot tub, it was like, well, I don't, I never really expected to get this far in my right. career. I definitely never expected to be running for mayor and to be doing to be gaming, you know, in the yeah. numbers in the polls. But he got power hungry. He did. You know?
0: So I'm not Because Brian gave him a taste of what Brian goes through. You know, like right. Brian is that guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like he is the man. So um he gave him a taste of that. And I feel like they always say once you get a little taste, it's hard to come back to normal life. Right. That's and true. He would have done anything in his power to, to get that W. Yeah. where I feel like Deacons has so much integrity and so much heart. I'm gonna play this game fair. It's almost like the tortoise in the hare. You can try to cheat me all you want, but I'm gonna do the, the slow and steady. I'm gonna get there.
1: Yeah, I, I totally get what Dickens was saying. And it's not that I necessarily disagree with what he was saying, but it is a, a weird gamble because it's like, am you I know, better off taking a chance at being wrong if it will expose something important or I don't know, it's just kind of like a weird little gamble that he's thinking, but I totally get why he said what he said. And almost to, to a certain extent, I do respect right.
0: what, what he said. I respect, like, yeah, it's, it's a gamble. And like, and if you chose wrong and this man did win, like it was like, damn, that was a bad gambling move. You know, but at the same time, I respect your move because I know that if you do win, I can trust you.
1: The only thing that I would have liked to see Deacon say is, well, he can't say take it to the police because that's Stockwell. (laughs) But I would have liked to see him say, okay, no matter what, after the election, I want, like, let's put this out there so this can be properly investigated. Mm -hmm. So I I would have respected him even more if he said said that. No,
2: absolutely.
1: Anyway. Uh, Well, then we see Melanie and she is tidying up at home. And Emmett comes downstairs and he's dressed and ready for work. He's like, all right, I'm going to do it. I got to get out here and get stuff done. He says, I can't let Ted drag me down. I've got no choice but to go on. Better so, boy. Yeah. Well, the doorbell buzzes and it is Ted. Girl. Melanie lets him in and she rightfully assumes that he's there to talk to Emmett. Um, and Ted's wearing this green shirt that's kind of like, the color of it is like kind of washed out. Just everything with him right now is kind it's of this washed faded, out. washed yeah. out, washed out color. Yeah. Well, he says that Michael told him that Emmett was there, and he was like, like couldn't believe that he was there. Like, where, where else was he gonna go? Dad, you put him out.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can't go to Brian's.
1: Right, <laughs> so that's well, a no. <laughs> uh Yeah, I can't really go to Ben and um, Michael because no. Hunter is there, and yeah. so and
0: I depleted my funds for your ass, right. so I can't get a room.
1: <laughs> so. so where am I going? Right. This probably isn't there, but I kind of wonder if he liked the fact that Emmett was upset with Melanie on his behalf, and part of him still wanted that to be the case.
0: Um, probably, yeah, because when he was like, because oh, after he told him after he saw him there, was like, oh, I guess you know you made up with the lesbians. Mm-hmm. He was like, yeah, we kissed and made up. Well, not kissed. His face kind of changed a little bit. Like, yeah, he yeah. was happy
1: because that was still kind of Emmett being okay or condoning what he had going on or yeah. not really, you know, I just, I felt like there was just a little bit mm-hmm. of that, of that in there, or I could see if, if that was in there. Yeah.
0: Well, because he know that the beef is still there with him and Mel, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, oh, at first he thought, like you know, it was two of them against him, but then when it was, it was his man standing for him against the lesbians, he was cool with that. Yeah. But now that he know everybody's looking at him with the eyes, like you're, you're the fucked up one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like it's you now, now he got an issue. Right, and, and he's gonna have these. Um, when he's coming down off the drugs, he's gonna have these attacking moments.
1: So Ted moves closer to Emmett, and Emmett kind of backs away. Cause right now, he's like, you know, trying to protect himself yeah. not just, not just physically, but just in all the ways. And Ted says, "Why don't you pack your things and come home?" <laughs> and and Emmett says, "I don't think that's a good idea." He's like, "Yeah, I behaved abysmally. There's no excuse, but you're still my friend, my lover." And Emmett says, lover, oh, I used to love that word, you when they first got together. Yep. And, I mean, yeah, it's a, they're in a totally different spot now. And then Ted says, used to, well, I guess I better remind you. Well, so he kisses him, and then he says, do you remember now? And Emmett's like, it looks like he's, like, maybe no, sliding back into that. Girl, we've
0: all been there. You know, like, how uh, we've all been there. It's so fresh. Like, you're so mad at your partner. Like, you, like, you tell yourself and you tell your friends, you're not going back, but then soon you see that person. He, yeah, you know, your heart melts. Emmett wants to go back.
1: He does he because wants this to is believe. this is his friend. Yeah. This, is, this is his lover. He loves
0: this man, yeah. so I'm not saying that he can just cut it off and just be cold hearted. He can't. But I mean, like, damn, he was like Ted, stay back, Ted. If you really love me, give me my space.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, Melanie sends them to crash them down the hall to break up that little party. With and, her nose Yeah, like, oh, Gus needs a bath. Me, I don't see Gus anywhere. No. And their bathroom is upstairs. I'm like, Gus is <laughs> upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you down here at the bottom?
0: Why are you in the yeah. living room? Why are you in the family room, boo-boo?
1: But she looks at Emmett like, come on now, be strong. Remember the boxing gloves? That part, okay. <laughs> well, uh, so Emmett kind of comes back to his senses and Ted promises that he will stop. And Emmett's like, I heard that before. He's like, well, I mean it this time. and um
0: He's like, you meant it last time. Yeah,
1: you meant it last time. Like, he's, I give you my word. Don't say what you think I need to hear, what you think I want to hear just to get me to come back because I don't believe it. And I don't you believe it. Yeah. And then Ted says, well, you don't trust me? And Emmett says, have you given me any reason to? And then he just tells him the truth. You are an addict. And Ted's yeah. like, no, I'm not an addict. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, sweetie, but you are. And if that's what you want to be, then fine. But I'm not going there with you. Uh, and then Ted shifts. Oh, someone's been talking to you. They, they got to you. They turned you against me, didn't they? He's like, no,
2: boo,
0: no, it called. was you, yeah. okay? It was you. I put blood, sweat, and tears in that damn party and the way you treated me in front of these low life that I don't even know that hell you don't even know. Right. How dare you even do that to me? Like, yeah. what the hell is going on?
1: He tells him, no one turned me against you except you. And he says, I hope you get, I hope you get some help. And Ted says, I don't need any help. And I don't need you telling me what to do either. And it's like, okay, well, uh, yeah, then like, this conversation's over.
0: Yeah, we, we have no else to say. We're
1: living two different realities
0: And if you're
1: going to you're easily that turn,
0: you're going to snap. Why would I pack up and come back over there for you right. to jump crazy when you,
1: I say something you don't like? Yeah, but I'm so proud of Emmett because I know this was hard. to Stand look up. To tell him, you are an addict. To just look him in the face and tell him that because Emmett put that off for so long. And he never wanted to be the one to feel like he was judging yeah, him or condemning him. And that's not, that's really the loving thing. Like, it hey, is. You need help.
0: Intervention, it hurts. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, it hurts the people that have to have it. It, it upsets the person who is being talked to, you mm-hmm. know. But Emmett, being, he laid the truth out. He was real with him. Hey, honey, I love you. You have a problem. Get some help. Yeah. I'm still here. Emmett never once said, I'm not here for you. Mm-hmm. You know, like, never once said that. But, I mean, he addressed the truth. You have an issue.
1: And he got to the place where he realized, I have to protect myself. Yeah. Yeah. When I talked to Peter Page, he, I think it was in our interview, or maybe it was a different interview. I don't know. It's been a while. But he was saying, like, he lived through this in real life. Oh, where wow. he had a partner who was an addict, and he was like, it was awful. And he said the way that it was handled on Queer as Folk was so true to life.
0: Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Crazy. It,
1: yeah. Yeah. You
0: never know someone's walks of life. Mm-hmm. You know, like, dang, Peter Page experience something like that for right. real. Mm-hmm. Dang. My heart goes out to you. Big up yeah. to you. Yeah. Uh,
1: so over at Woody's, Debbie is reminding everyone to vote. Debbie has been everywhere telling everywhere. people to vote.
0: Told y'all she's the big
1: Debbie. <laughs> yeah. Well, she catches sunshine making paper airplanes out of the flyers that he's supposed to be passing out. And she says, what kind of attitude is that? And he says, realistic. And it's not like Justin hasn't tried. I mean, right. gosh, if anybody has tried, him, him. he has. And, but Vic agrees with Justin. He's like, Hey, everybody in here is apathetic. They don't care about <laughs> anything. These apathetic yeah. apes is what he calls them. Like they don't care about anything that we're saying, but maybe Woody's isn't the best place to go, no. you know, to keep your spirits high about the campaign because people are there to do other things. Like always. <laughs> yeah.
0: But that's where everybody's going to be. So mm-hmm. you have to go where the crowd is going to be. Yeah,
1: that's true. you got to go where the people are. Well, Debbie says it ain't over until the slightly overweight, but still working on <laughs> it, lady, thing. And then she goes over and finds ben, at, ben and Michael at a table, and they look very dejected. And they tell her that Hunter's mom showed up to take him back. And even though she knows nothing about Hunter uh, and how he had to support himself or that he's positive, like there's all this stuff that she's going to have to come to terms with and mm-hmm. then like, this might not be the same son that you sent into the system and lost a year or, how, or more ago. So they're thinking about that, but also like like we said, they've attached themselves to Hunter. Well,
0: I think the thing with the mom is girl, you don't get the right to come here a year or so later and just say, I'm going to take him back. You should say he's with you guys. Let me relearn who he is. Yeah. You know? Let me get to know him. I mean, you don't know how, how did you survive? You don't even know how he survived mm-hmm. out here this long. Mm-hmm. I, you know, so my thing is get to know him first before you say you just gotta rip him out of the environment that was conducive for him. So yeah, yeah that's where I'm at that.
1: Well, Debbie says uh that she understands, but but the woman is still his mother and nothing mm-hmm. can replace a mother's love. Uh but you know, and even in the courts, family reunification is always ideal. Like they will give the parents time after time and chance after chance because they they feel like I don't always agree with this in every situation, but they feel like being with their biological parent is the best thing whenever possible. Right. So, even the courts kind of side mm-hmm. with, what, with what Debbie says here. But I think this is... Well, I'll save it because I don't want to jump ahead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, then Brian comes rushing into the bar and he tells the bartender to turn on the TV. And this ad comes on. It says... Uh, It says, On April 11, 2002, Jason Kemp was murdered. Less than a month after the body was found in a dumpster, Stockwell suspended the investigation. Yes. Five days later, Stockwell's partner, Kenneth Reichert, unexpectedly retires from the force. Mm. A year later, DNA evidence links Reichert to Jason Kemp. Clutching the pearls. The next day, Reichert committed suicide. And then they say, aren't there some questions you'd like answered before you elect Jim Sockwell? That part right
0: there. Okay. <laughs> that part right there. Now, that's the Jedi mind trick I'm talking about. Because yeah. we all know Brian did this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Brian well, did this. Well, Justin
1: is looking at Brian, kind of like, what is going on here? And Brian is looking around, kind of gauging the reaction uh-huh. to see, okay, they're they're listening, they're hearing, okay, or they're, how they're responding. It was yeah. the
0: best response. Because, like we said, we saw paper planes go by. We saw everyone looking down. We saw people engaging different ways. Yeah, just kind well, of doing their own thing. Yeah, but now and everyone the election was on, on the TV. Like right. No one cared. Mm-hmm. But once that came on and they heard that, I mean, all attention went right to that. So it was it was a definitely an attention grabber.
1: Then we see Melanie and Lindsay, and they are reminding us that they they still got it. <laughs>
0: uh, what well, they say when you when you pregnant, you know, you the, want, to that's you want. a lot
1: more. What? That's what the. That's what they say. Uh, Lindsay wants to massage Melanie's belly, and she tells her that she purchased some oils, and Melanie reaches over to grab it, and what's on the very top of the drawer when she opens it? Girl, you should have burned that not shit. Not a half a pizza. It's the baby blanket that she was supposed to return. Everybody on this show wants to get caught. Like, nobody knows how to hide anything on this
0: show. <laughs> I'm clearly, a yell yelling in your bedroom, too.
1: Yeah. Like, why would you hide that in the Lindsay, you should have taken this to your job. Thank it you. It. Desk at work and not brought it out and until day baby was born. yeah okay?
0: thank you. You know, or take that shit to the, the art room. She ain't going to the attic. Yeah. Okay, like she ain't walking her. She everything she's showing. She ain't going up the stairs. Yeah. Why did you take it to the attic, girl? Anywhere.
1: Come on. Well, Melanie says it's not a superstition. When she was about five or six, her parents told her that she was going to have a a sibling. And they set up a nursery, bought a ton of stuff, and her mother lost the baby in her 11th week. See? Right before her second trimester. And she was depressed for years and blamed herself, mm-hmm. thought it was because of her pride. You know, Melanie doesn't want the same thing to happen to her. And even if you think it's superstition or a misguided belief, if it's very, if it's a very real fear for your partner, you have to kind of acknowledge that right. and
0: respect it. Absolutely.
1: Uh, well, then in the blue lit bathroom at, uh, Babylon, Justin and Brian are talking about the concerned citizens for the truth who sponsored this ad that was on at Woody's earlier. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I won't even call it like an anti-Stockwell ad because it's really just stating facts and let yeah. people draw their own conclusions. Exactly. And Justin says, who are they? And Brian says, a bunch of lunatics. And then Justin says, well, a bunch of lunatics with money because Justin ain't stupid. Right, he exactly. knows, okay, ad space costs money. And Brian's like, yeah, I think it's like $5,000 every time they run it. And they'll be running it every hour up until the election. Mm -hmm. So we can safely assume that this is the footage that was on the VHS that Brian took to, to Councilman Deacon. Correct. But at this point, we can kind of guess who's responsible for this. But it could be that Brian gave it to somebody else. He clearly still has some connections, or he was able to whip this, get this tape whipped together. And
0: and we don't know. Maybe Deacon said, you know, at the end after Brian caught him a pussy, maybe Deacon did it. Yeah, maybe he sent
1: one of his little people down there. So it's like I said, no. But yeah, I don't know what happened. But yeah, but we can probably guess that Brian's not as clueless as he's pretending to be with that with that face. Right, right. Yeah, it's pretty. Well, then Emmett is also there at Babylon. He's out. And I'm actually happy to see him out. Oh, girl. He Emmett was only out to see
0: him. He was going to run at the tea.
1: Probably. Because okay. he, he doesn't look like he's having his usual amount of fun. And I did notice, like, he's over by the bar. And I noticed that the back room... The door to the back room is still locked, still dead bolted. Right,
0: but normally when we see Evan, is always bobbing his head somewhere. Like, yeah, he may not be on the floor, floor, but yeah, Yeah. he's always. (laughs) But this time, we saw him scanning the room, Mm -hmm. looking around.
1: Well, he does see that Ted is there with Doctor Crystal in his ilk. (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, he is lit up in that weird green light again. So I'm assuming that he's probably high.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think right is, I think Emmett's about to leave. You just see him and he's like, nah, forget it. But then Brian and Justin come over and, uh, Brian says, Oh, I guess fire engine red is a new black. And that steals Justin line, <laughs> Justin's line. And Justin looks at Brian like, "What are you messing with him? Exactly. Like,
0: let him be. <laughs>
1: but you just know they came over to, because they saw Emmett, probably saw him about to leave about to bolt and they collectively decided, we're going to go talk to him. Exactly.
0: And I'm glad that cause he, they're the only ones who left him alone. You yeah. know, like Michael knew was up. Um, clearly if Michael knows Ben knows what's up. Right. Um, uh, we know the lesbians know what's up, but you, you never see, um, Justin and you never see, um, Brian mention it to him. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they know what's going on. Yeah. But they they like, let him work through his own stuff. Yeah.
1: Well, we see Brian kind of look away and I'm guessing he's looking over at, at Ted. Oh, he did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Justin offers to get him a Cosmo and Brian smiles at Justin. And I want to say he's smiling at him for being like good to their friend, but also because this is their, their yin and yang thing. Like right. they both wanted to go cheer Keep up Emmett, but they've got different styles. Mm-hmm. And so Brian goes with the, you know, calling him, I think, Widow Schmidt or something. And then, and then Justin's like, let me get you one of your favorite drinks. Let me exactly. get a Cosmo. So, Brian pulls Emmett to the dance floor, and Emmett is shocked. He tells Brian, we've never done this before. And Brian says, it's a shame we make such a lovely couple. We're both tall. And I like that this hints at their similarities, because Brian and and Emmett are pretty similar in some ways. They they express their similarities in different ways, but they're both both unapologetically who they are. Mm -hmm. And they're also both outrunning a past that still makes them struggle with insecurity. So... They've got some good qualities and some, like, mm, not great qualities in common, too. And Emmett says, so why now? And Brian says, I thought you might enjoy being the center of attention because you're with me. And uh, as they're dancing, Emmett's eyes wander over to Ted, and his smile falters. And Brian tells him, and also, you need to move on. And Emmett says, I have. And he says, well, then forget about him. He's dead. And Emmett says, no, he's not dead. Brian says, well, he will be soon enough, but that's his problem. Keep dancing. And Emma's like, I don't know how you do it. I don't see how you can do it, how you can be so heartless. And
0: I thought Emma was about to turn up on him.
1: Yeah. Girl, Emma,
0: for one, is how you know he still loves this man and still cares for him. Because he's not going to let anyone right. put him down at all. Like, you, what you're not going to do is disrespect Ted. I don't care what he's going through, right? but you're not going to come for Ted at all.
1: Yeah. Brian says it takes a little practice, but eventually you get the knack. But Brian's face kind of tightens, and I think he gets offended because Emmett is misunderstanding his motives. Mm-hmm. And also, Emmett ought to know that Brian cares about his friends because, remember when Emmett went to Brian when Ted got arrested? And he went to Brian was like, I know that you care about us. Do this thing for your friend, please. And, and he knows that Brian did it. So, um, yeah, I think... But Brian kept it in check, (laughs) you know, he could have just been like, you know what, forget it. Emmett says, I could never be like that. And Brian says, sure you could. And as Emmett's walking away, Brian says, well, go back to him and show him how much you care and let him kill you, too. And, you know, I think what it made me think about, you know, Brian's father was an alcoholic, probably up until the day he died. And I think Brian knows something about loving a person with an addiction. And how when they are deeply caught up in it, like nothing and no one comes before the thing that they're addicted to.
0: True. I mean, it doesn't matter where you are in the line of family, like Mm -hmm. the addiction is going to come first.
1: Yeah. And so I think Brian is speaking from some experience and maybe that's not what he's trying to convey to Emmett. But I do think that Brian has there's some credibility to what to what Brian is saying. And we we've talked a lot about tough love lately. And this was Brian's brand of tough love to Emmett. And I, I think this was actually a very loving thing that he's trying to do for him. And I actually really love this scene. And- because Brian spoke some
0: real shit to him. Yeah, he but, did. I mean, he did. He spoke some real shit to him. And the way he did it, he did it on his own terms. And he did it in a way where, where Emmett only had to realize and had to right. see, you know? Yeah. It was very sweet, like you said. Brian didn't have to do that. Right. Brian didn't have to take time out of his day to try to come and save you, to cheer you up, to also put you on game, to let you know it's time to let go. You yeah. didn't have to do that.
1: Yeah, I want to go back to something you said earlier like we've really only seen Michael, Lindsay, Melanie and to a lesser extent Vic kind of right, deal with Emmett right. in this issue lately. And Justin and Brian haven't been around him or Ted much. They've had other stuff going on, you know, they've been they've been very busy. But it's clear in the scene that they they do know what's happening. Like mm-hmm. they they have the information. And I like that they approach Emmett together. Like he's not just Brian's friend, like he's their friend and right. part of their found family. But I think it's expected for Michael to be the supportive one and for Melanie and Lindsay to be intrusive but mm-hmm. supportive. But I don't think Emmett expected this. Like, I don't think um, he expected Brian and Justin to do this. And even though I do think that Brian and Justin collaborated on approaching Emmett, right. I don't think Justin forced Brian to do it. No. Do it. I think he wanted to do it,
0: too. He wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, he... Listen, Brian is a hard ass, but he he loves his friends hard. Yeah. Okay, and he doesn't want to see any of any um any of them hurt. Mm-hmm. Period. And is going through, he yeah. knows Ted's gonna have to work out what Ted is going through. Like, when Ted is ready, Ted will be ready. Right. But there's nothing you can say. Until the a person do. wants help. Exactly.
1: There's no help you can give him. Yeah. But he
0: can save Emmett from going down that hole.
1: Right. So right. that's what he's trying to do. And I love what Brian encourages Emmett to do. Like, Justin is offering to get Emmett one of his favorite drinks, and that's a great gesture. But Brian knows Emmett is a lot like him, and he knows that when he's been knocked down, he gets by, back up by doing what makes him feel free and powerful and in mm-hmm. control. And for Brian, it's a different thing. But for Emmett... That's being Emmett, letting his flame burn bright and tearing it up on the dance floor. (laughs) Yes. So Emmett walks back over to Brian and I love that Brian takes his hand in both of, in both of his for a moment. And it's like he's welcoming him back to himself, kind of. Yep.
0: Clearly he's doing that in a loving place. Yeah. And I think he felt that.
1: Yeah. Well, and Brian just has a way of speaking to them that can be, yeah, a little harsh or a little direct, but he just goes straight to the heart of the issue, straight to the meat of it. And he knows each of them individually, and so he knows how to speak to each one of them and, and what to say and how to say it and when to say it. Now, sometimes Brian does have to be prompted or redirected to be like, hey, Brian, get involved in this. But other times he does it unprompted, and this is one where he did do it unprompted, I feel like.
0: No, seriously, unprompted, for mm-hmm. sure.
1: Uh, so then Ted is sees this, but also his crowd is leaving, and so he leaves with Doctor Crystal, and Emmett watches him go. And as he watches him go, I think Emmett is kind of closing that door mm-hmm. and just kind of losing himself in the music. And so it's almost like he's dancing, but it's not like I'm happy now. It's just like the I'm taking back my life yeah. kind of thing, you mm-hmm. know. Where there's like this is the, his fight song. Yeah, <laughs> it really is his fight song, yeah. you know. But I love it. I love seeing him because it's like at some point you do have to rescue yourself and that doesn't mean that you don't love to but it, i think it is a loving thing to say i'm not gonna let you destroy me right because i know that once you sober up and you see that you've destroyed me then that's gonna destroy you so
0: exactly
1: yeah well, Ben and Michael are home, and um Michael wants to pretend that everything is fine. But Ben says, "Hey, we have to tell him." And apparently, it's been a couple of days. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh but I'm glad that he's
0: just dumping on him because mm-hmm. the boy is having a good time. Like mm-hmm. he's he's feeling comfortable. He's feeling loved. So for him, like the well, go he's off to going school, to school. Yeah. So yeah. And he he said he would never go to school. So the fact that he's going to school and then she just shows up and then y'all just gonna dump this on him. Now nah, I'm glad they waited a few days. Yeah.
1: Well, Hunter comes home and they tell him that they have some news. They tell him that he had a visitor the other day and they say, your mom was here and he just snaps. Like, how does she find me? And he takes off running into the street. And so Ben and Michael are like, what is going on? Well, they, they take off running after him and they catch him. And Ben tells him, hey, she feels terrible about leaving you. And Hunter says, she's a liar. Don't believe her. Well, Michael reminds Hunter, well, you lied to us. You told us she was in prison for killing your father. And so, you know, because I think they are like, okay. We Who do want, we believe? Right. I think that they they obviously care for Hunter. and They've attached themselves to him. But, it's but like they still know the story we don't that he really, can play. Yeah. They tell him to give her a chance. She wants to do better. She is trying to make all these self-improvements or whatever. She wants you to come back and stay with her. And Hunter says, I know why she wants me to come back to supplement her income.
0: Facts. Oh, I believe and that. And then
1: he slips back into a memory like, come on, Jimmy, you live here, too. You, sh- you got to pull your weight. We all need to work. And Ben's like, okay, work doing what? Because Hunter just turned 16. 16 so. And she says that he's been gone for like a year. Yeah. And it could be more than that. Who it knows? It was probably
0: more than that because he's been gone from the, um, no, he was been gone from the, the foster, foster care, care for a, for a year. For a while. So he's been gone at least two years. So at 13, 14, she had him out here. Yeah.
1: Yet. And, um... So when they say, Ben asks, okay, well, what does she have you doing? Well, Hunter launches into the pitch that he usually gives to tricks, And at first, he doesn't think that they believe him. But Michael says, no, we, we do believe you. And there's no way we're going to let you go back with her. Now, last episode, we said we were going to put away the violence. But I cautioned you not to be so hasty. Uh, yeah. because. Yeah. I want to drive to Miss Rita's house and remove my earrings on the way. No,
0: facts. I'm not for <laughs> real. And, and greased up the Vaseline and the yeah, boots
1: yeah. for her ass, okay? Because this is so sad. And no wonder why Hunter is the way he is. Mm-hmm. You know, his own mother did this to him. I mean, It made him feel like this was his contribution to the family. Like, he had to earn his spot by selling himself. And
0: she doesn't even know him earning his spot by selling himself has has changed his life forever. Right, yeah. forever.
1: You know, okay, we got to pause. Because Queer's Fault, you told me that this show was going to be about... Gay men and sex and partying like it's nineteen ninety nine, and
0: now we got children. You got,
1: I got a teenage hustler who is positive, who was coerced into selling his very young body oh. by his mother. Mm. Oh yeah, but storylines. I know, but this happens though. I you know, know it happens In for real. Where where we are from, just like a year or two ago. Um, they caught a woman trying to sell her niece into the sex trade. No, you yeah. lying.
0: Mm-hmm. No, oh, I'm girl.
1: Not. Um, The
0: trafficking is out of hand.
1: Like, it it's is. crazy. Yeah, mhm. But yeah, so, you know, when you write this show off as just being about promiscuous gay men or- You missed the mark. You, oh gosh, you, you miss out in so mark. many ways. Like, yes, it can be scandalous and in your face and funny and seemy. But it is also so incredibly honest in a way that that's not what, many shows no, are. because
0: that's what keeps me going. It used to be, but it's because, you know, I'm a horror dog. Well, of but course it to, we, yeah. yeah, it used to keep me going because of the sex scenes. And, I, and again, we still don't have no shit like this on TV. Right. Like, we still don't have these type of scenes out. Like, once this show ended, that shit died with it. Right. Okay? Like, yeah.
1: Now, I don't watch a whole lot of right. TV, so there might be some great, sh- but it lovely. ain't near enough. It's a <laughs>
0: show called Since Eight that does a little something, oh, yeah. but, I it ain't, that show. but it ain't queer as fuck. Okay. Yeah. But, um. And yeah. I don't
1: feel like this was done in an after school special way. No. But it's just it's just so real and raw and honest.
0: It is. It is. And that's why queer as fuck is what it is. And this yes. is why it's still the test of time. And hence why we're still talking about it 20 years later. Yeah. Because it was written beautifully. Like, I mean, these storylines were so true to life and honest. Yeah. That's what it was, it was very, and relatable. Everyone can relate. Everyone has know someone or know someone of know someone who's been down one of those paths a lot. Right. You, exactly. know, so. you know, I
1: like that Michael is the one stepping up to assure Hunter that, that. they won't let Rita take him. Like, I think if it were Ben, Hunter might be wondering, well, what if Michael doesn't want to be part of this? Well, yeah. He was the one yeah. hesitant before when it, when it came down to like the legal stuff. But I think Hunter had a connection with Michael on a more emotional level. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I'm not buying into the stereotype that in every couple, one person's feminine and one person's masculine. No. That's not, I think that's ridiculous. But what I'm saying is Hunter and Michael have connected in Hunter's moments of vulnerability. And Michael, he kind of acts on raw emotions. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's good, sometimes it's bad. But that's what motivates him—just his right. kind of raw, uh-huh. knee-jerk emotion. And again, that doesn't make Michael the wife or the mom, but it makes him best suited to convince Hunter in this moment. In this moment of vulnerability, Michael is the best suited for this. So I really like that he's the one who steps up and's like, "No, you're not going back with that."
0: Absolutely.
1: So then, over at the loft, the naked guy is being carried out, as Justin is coming in. Do you think Brian called Justin over, or did Justin just randomly dropped by?
0: Um, I think. Justin just randomly dropped by.
1: Mm.
0: You think he called him? I don't
1: know. Well, I don't know, I can't decide. I, I kinda of feel like he might have just randomly dropped by, but also part of me wants to think that part of me wants to think that Ryan called him to come over. And I'll explain it.
0: Yeah, but it's like go ahead. I want him to see. Yeah. Thing.
1: Uh but anyway, so the painting is not the only thing leaving. I'll give you my explanation in a minute. Mm-hmm. The painting's not the only thing leaving. Brian's leather sofa, his coffee table, the Mies van that he just bought earlier this season... And another quick little side note, I like how the decor in the loft is always changing. Yeah. You know, it's changed over the last three seasons.
0: hmm Well, uh, Justin called it out the first time. Yeah. You know, I noticed.
1: Because it just seems like, I think that Brian would be keeping up on the latest home interior right. trends. hmm And they don't draw much attention to it, and so it makes it seem more natural and more, mm-hmm. more real. Uh Well, Brian tells Justin that he's going with something more minimal, something to match <laughs> his current <laughs> net worth. Yeah. And Justin says, "Well, I told you now wasn't the best time to buy." Uh, then he turns and even the TV is Yo, gone. But that hurt him right yeah. there. Okay, just one yeah. TV. <laughs> Brian says, "Well, good thing is it was liquid." And Justin says, Brian, if you're in trouble, I'm sure I could loan you $100,000. Right. <laughs> yeah. Justin is strange. so sweet to offer, but I don't think is pulling that kind of prospect. Not gets. yet. And uh, I don't think he's slinging that much hash down at the
0: diner. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> the lemon bars killing okay?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, the lemon bars are, are <laughs> popping. They're flying off the shelf, but that uh was. Yeah. Well, so $100,000 is the cost of 20, 30 second primetime slots at $5,000 each. He tells Justin that he is the concerned citizen for the truth. And Justin is genuinely surprised. And I'm like, really, Justin? How? Like, how are you he surprised? Because you know that only a handful of people know those facts yeah. that were in that ad. But Brian didn't tell him, maybe Brian was telling him some other things to kind of put him, right, you know, right. to put him off. Of. Put on a different trail. The police had those facts, but Carl was acting like he didn't have them. So. <laughs> I know. Like, all right, Carl. Mm. Yeah. But, you know, Brian was in a very defeated and resigned place earlier in the episode when Justin showed him his drawing for Rage. And so even if Justin suspected it when they were at the bar, because he's kind of looking at Brian like, "What, what is what is happening right now? But Brian was telling him it was somebody else. Right, so. right. Yeah.
0: True. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, Brian maxed out five gold cards, and bless him, he's so distraught with possession withdrawal that he comes over to Justin, like, just to touch him and keep himself from losing <laughs> his mind. And so that's why I say, like, I right. feel like he called him over because and needed like, him oh, Justin, help.
0: Yes, <laughs> but I so wish Brian had a braggy bone in him. I want Debbie to know, you yeah. know, like, this man has went broke mm-hmm. for the community, okay? Yes, baby, you're passing out flyers, okay? Yes, baby, you're wearing a pin. Yes, baby, you have on a shirt. Thank you, daddy. But, baby, you ain't maxed out five gold cards. You ain't right. sold all your damn possessions. <laughs> like, you ain't
1: did no- nothing. He pulls Justin over to the bed with him so he can lie down. Because he was just, yeah, I think it's, about, it's hitting him that, <laughs> as his stuff is being carried out the door. But he didn't sell the bed. He said he'd rather sell a kidney. And Justin says, I can't believe you did this. It's so, and Brian says, noble. And there's that word again. Remember, that's come mm-hmm. up several times this, uh, this season. And Justin says, no, out of character. But it's clear that Justin is so proud of him. And he says, well, what made you do it? And he says, someone told me that if you believe in something strongly enough, you have to be willing to sacrifice everything.
0: I said, oh. Well, yeah." we
1: know who told him that.
0: Just yes, give him some of them groceries, <laughs> baby. He <laughs> want all the groceries. He want to eat it up like groceries. Uh,
1: yeah, there were, and there's just no words to convey the significance of that for either of them. So they communicate through a kiss. And it's not sexual. No, it's super cute. Um, yeah, it is. And I love this scene because I feel like it just shows how much they are, learning from each other you know and and growing by being together
0: that's the exact word growing by Mm -hmm. being together they're they're learning how to deal with each other learning how to treat and love each other Mm -hmm. they don't have to have the traditional i love you let me kiss on you let me hold your hand no it's just certain certain they have a different connection
1: right Mm -hmm. yeah we'll talk more about that later so ted is at one of dr crystal's parties and he is just completely gone you know he's still in that green mm. washed out shirt he just looks to- he looks totally out of it and uh he comes downstairs and mark says well yeah you've been out for a couple of days and so there are a few guys down there well there are a ton of guys there yeah. and all in different stages of sobriety and dress there a few of them are watching a homemade porno video and it's a bunch of guys and they're just like one after the other, and they're just like Ted. You know, Ted's like, "What you know? What is this?" And they say, "Oh yeah, it's, it's really hot. You should go watch it." So Ted's watching it and um going over to see. And then as the camera goes up, we get to see who this person is. And and I'll tell you. So sometimes not all the time, but sometimes I get to I watch an episode before we watch it together, so I can take a couple notes. And it takes me five hours to watch an episode when I do that, <laughs> but literally uh but anyway when i watched this one by myself i literally cried when i saw this yeah
0: scene. um i kept saying girl i know that's not in like I, I know that's not in like i was like who could this be because the way they kept showing it i was like what's what's going on like who is this person like mm-hmm. who is it i was not mm-hmm. expecting to see like I, i've been mad don't get me wrong i've been upset but i never want anyone hurt or taken right. advantage of right and oh
1: and that's exactly what this because he's totally out of it i yeah. mean
0: there's, there's no, no way this there was be no consent yeah. at all yeah and it's it turns out to be ted now mm-hmm. yes you have done some some shitty things in the and you know the last but you weeks. don't
1: deserve to. you yeah. do
0: not deserve that that is not the type of person that he is ted wouldn't take advantage of no one mm-hmm. you trusted this man and this man is some is a is a doctor yeah. Someone who took an oath to protect, you know, mm-hmm. and to help. Mm-hmm. And like literally, you're out here partying like it's the last of the days and now someone is
1: raped. Right. Because that's yeah. rape. Right. That, that was yeah, straight up. Yeah. yeah that's, there's that's no right. and they're just laughing. I mean in the video they're just laughing and joking about okay, now it's your turn, okay, now it's your turn. And then as they're watching it, they're laughing about it and it's just I yeah.
0: But, you, I mean, again, the writers are so true mm-hmm. um, to the storytelling. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you're on Crystal, when you're on Tina, it makes you lose all inhibitions. Yeah. And, I mean, it's one of those sexual drugs as well. Mm-hmm. You, you, I mean, your sex drivers is hiding completely. And I'm, I don't know from my personal experience, but like I said, I work on a strip. I actually right. try to work with the um, resource centers. A lot of my staff that I dealt with in the past dealt with these things, and they were very open with me mm-hmm. and communicated, um, communicated with me the feeling that you are when you own these things and how hard it is to kick it. And a lot of times, like you said, you'll be passed out for days. You'll have multiple partners. Who's to say that they were even safe. Right. Who's to even say that they were even clean, yeah. you know, or even know their status. I mean, there's so much risk that goes into that. I mean, mm-hmm. it was just a sad, sad moment. Yeah. Although I was mad, I could my heart, I could only be, I could only have mm-hmm. sympathy for, um for Ted in that moment.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. It was just a terrible, terrible thing. And it's, and you know that there will be no punishment for this there will be yeah, no, no you know there will be no legal ramifications for yeah. this for these people because
0: for one he doesn't
1: but, even know or remember or you know yeah he
0: doesn't remember anything all he has is that tape then two you also probably have to think that he's a gay man. They're going to say, oh, you wanted it.
1: And you yeah. you voluntarily yeah. took the drugs. Exactly. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, like, it's a lose-lose situation for him. And mm-hmm. then we still deal with the whole Stockwell thing where it's not even safe to trust the police. Right. I mean, if they say, oh, you did drugs, they're going to say, you know, your door's getting kicked and you're getting raided and now you got a felony. You right. Know? Like, so, and
1: he's already at a, yeah, you know, tricky spot with the law. So, so, yeah. Yeah.
0: This is something that he's going to take to his grave.
1: We'll see. So they immediately take us over to the diner and Debbie is continuing to do her part to make sure everyone goes out to vote and she's doing that by refusing food and service to anyone who has not voted. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, not yeah, even no an ass. exception for Brian and Michael. Like, no lemon bars for you So you come back <laughs> with the I voted sticker. That part. Um, she's gone to they perform the single most important and expected act for every American. And no, Brian is not anal sex. Believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Justin brings out this big old box TV with rabbit ears. I gonna, they're going to take that to the loft. They after. are. they <laughs> are going to need it
0: to baby because you got rid of that flat yeah. screen.
1: Um, and he turns on the news channel so they can track the results live. And on the news, they're talking about this local advertisement, this political advertisement that's causing quite a bit of a stir. And then they have Chief Stockwell on TV. and He's being interviewed, and they're asking him about his connection to – this story, you know, you're being accused of covering up a murder of a gay man, and he's like, "These are merely insinuations meant to discredit me on the brink of the election, but but he's sure that no one will be swayed by these smear tactics." You sir are a liar. <laughs> a liar. But I feel
0: like he did learn well. He came there, faced it. Like Bri- mm-hmm. Brian would have
1: told him, faced it head on. I think he got so yeah. used to how Brian would have operated. Yeah, that he, he was picked up what Brian was yeah. to do. Mm-hmm. Because then you look at Brian's face, and I think he even knows that. you are like, but... "This is me, bitch. You, are taking yeah. me." Uh, so Brian and Michael are they leave the diner, and apparently Brian has told Michael that he is the concerned citizen for the truth, and Michael reacts about how I. Would expect which is yeah. panicky and <laughs> worried.
0: Yes, <laughs> I think everybody is panicky and worried. Yeah. yeah, Justin was panicky and worried.
1: And Brian tells you know Brian's been selling off his possessions and he tells him that the Corvette is next to go and he's like, oh no, you love that car. Like how could you, how could you do it, Brian? And Brian says sometimes a gay man's got to do what a gay man's got to do.
0: I almost feel like they're gonna kill Brian off. He's being too too gibby right now. Like why are you? You know, you, you're not gonna have a house to live in next time we see you because you didn't gave that up for charity or some shit. You got
1: no job. Yeah,
0: you don't have a job. You don't have a car. You know, so you're saying that's up next. You know, like, boy, they're not gonna kill my baby off. Are right? they like, look? Uh,
1: I'm gonna keep going. Yes. Yeah, I wanna talk I don't about like that. the difference in, uh, the two conversations. And I know y'all think I'm always comparing everything to Justin, but, and maybe a part of me is, but they also essentially give us the same conversation twice because Brian told Dustin this and he told Michael this. Mm-hmm. And so I think I'm supposed to look at the differences or notice the differences. And I think the key difference is that Michael doesn't understand this because he hasn't had to make many, if any, major sacrifices in life. And that's not a shot or an insult to him. No, but it but is. But sometimes you just don't understand something until you've had to walk through it. And yeah. I don't think Michael has had to walk through Anything like this. so that's why he's like, I can't even believe, like, I can't even fathom right. something like that. Yeah. Well, then we see Brian and Michael join a very long line. And they ask what the line's about. And the guy in front of them says, well, in case you haven't heard, there's an election. Uh. <laughs> like, dude, you don't even know the half.
0: That part. Okay.
1: Uh, But I love that we get to see Michael and Brian actually go vote. Mm-hmm. And because ultimately that's what it comes down to. Like it's important to vote. If you're an activist, but you don't vote, then I feel like you're kind yeah. of doing a disservice that, or it's a little bit problematic. Um, and we know the voting process doesn't always work the way that it should, but it's supposed to be the case where your vote is your voice. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is important because Brian started out being very apolitical and was not going to vote, rarely ever voted. And so we've seen him do all this stuff, all this work, but then we also see him do.
0: The finishing now.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do that, uh, very important task. And he waits in a long and inconvenient line to do it. And Michael, they're together. Um, I like little moments like this with them being together doing things because we see so many things with them where it's unhealthy or it's or codependent just in the club, or yeah. yeah. And so I do like to get to see some positive, health, some, yeah, positive and healthy moments with the two of them together. Well then we see a very blurry figure walking and uh then things come into focus and I think that's a perfect visual of what's happening with Ted. Mm-hmm. Um he has gone to a treatment center for help and it's that's what it took, unfortunately. Um I'm glad something got to him, but I yeah. hate that it had to be that.
0: Well I'm but, glad it happened soon. Mm-hmm. You know, like happened now yeah. before before he became that true addict, that mm-hmm. homeless person, the one you really can't trust. Cause right now, I mean, he's still in there. Right. He's had to fight out, you know? Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was happy to see, I love to see him go to be at that bottom place and not say, well, now that I'm down here, I'm able to just stay here right. or try to go even lower, but to say, okay.
0: Cause the boy is on rock bottom.
1: Yeah. But to say, okay, something's got to change. Like yeah. I can still, I still have enough presence of mind
0: to do And on his about own will. Like he, right. he did he that on himself. Yep. Yeah.
1: yeah like, you know, everybody else had been trying to, encourage him or tell him or challenge him or correct him or whatever but he had to go and take and take himself Mm -hmm. when he was ready yeah ben hunter and michael are walking home and uh again just kind of enjoying each other's company and then rita is standing there acting like she is the literal embodiment (laughs) of a world's greatest mom (laughs) and i just want to go like push her down in the snow
0: that part (laughs) um
1: And then she's like, oh, Jimmy, I barely recognize you. You've grown. You're practically a man.
0: Yeah, you don't know me, Yeah,
1: and you look at Hunter's face, and he is, like, shrinking into himself. Because she's still doing it, that gaslighting and manipulating and pretending to be this great, wonderful mom who loves and cares about me. And she moves to try to hug Hunter, and he shrugs her off, like, get away from me. And I love that Ben and Michael... Kind like, of step they in stepped front up, of him. yeah. Like, not to did. threaten her, but to protect Hunter. Yep,
0: they stepped right in front and, of him.
1: Yeah, And she's like, "Oh, he's at that age where he's embarrassed by his mother," and I'm like, "Girl, I want to call you the B-word, yeah, so like, bad. We know about <laughs> okay. you,
0: okay? I'll call. We know about you, bitch. Yeah,
1: okay? and we know about you." She she says, "Well, did these two tell you that I want you to come and live with me?" And Ben says, "Well, you know, we talked it over, and we decided that he should stay with us." And and she's like, "Well, why?" And he's. He wants to, and we want him to. And she's like, well, I don't see where you have a say. And you don't want to tell her, okay, if Hunter was truly in foster care, he is a ward of the state or ward of the court. And so you, you can't just come get back. him. No. I don't care if he is his biological mother. Nope. You have to have a court order putting they him back can. in your custody. And they're going to be very reluctant to do that because you don't even know where he's been for the past year. That
0: part. Okay. And also, how are you going to be able to support this child? Because once he's going and tell his side of the story, right. the same thing that he just told these strangers, what, what are you going to do with that? You have yeah, not well, she one leg to
1: stand and like, Well, no, he just makes up these stories, you know, because um, that's what she tells them. She says, I'm his mother. You don't have a say. And then they say, well, after, after what you told us, we're not going to let him go with you. It's just Did he tell you one of his stories? So I don't think this is the first time that she's done something like this.
0: No, it's not. That's why she's covering it up right mm-hmm.
1: now. I wonder like how many. At, I wonder how many of his foster placements she came to with this apologetic, loving mom routine. Right. You know, maybe
0: that's why he kept having to run away from those mm-hmm. places. It mm-hmm. wasn't the, the run. It wasn't the foster homes. Yeah. It was the mom finding well, him and showing up. Yeah.
1: Him well, even if if they were, you know, maybe he ran away from the foster homes that were bad, but then the good ones when he thought he had a good thing going on, then she shows up and ruins yeah, it. Yeah, Like, yeah, I yep. just I don't feel like this is the first time she's done that. And Michael tells her, well, he told us that you forced him to pull his own weight. And she's like, I don't know what you're referring to, Jimmy, but I do have an idea what, why you two want in here. And I, I thought they were angels. Yeah. Two days no, ago. Like, yeah. No, yeah.
0: No, That's what you are. You're angels. Mm-hmm. Well, well, you want me? Why yeah. do we want him? Because she, the yeah. two fags? Uh-huh. She go on the
1: Claire Kenny route. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, what? What the hell? Yeah. I, oh my
0: god! I was ready to strangle her ass after that.
1: Yeah, but you know, unfortunately, that's all it takes. Like, I'm not really sure what they have on file that allowed them to get Hunter enrolled in school, but I know there's not a custody agreement that legally allows Hunter to live with Ben and Michael, so they really don't have a leg to stand they on. Don't. And also, right now, the, the cops won't hesitate to jump on insinuation that two gay men are holding a young, impressionable boy hostage. Plus, right? That now, little, especially with the
0: Stockwell shit. Yeah, going plus on. that
1: little joke that Hunter told his friends about them paying him to walk around with it. That could backfire. That'd mm-hmm. be the smoking gun that they need. So, yeah, it ain't looking too good. Well, she tells him that she's going to come back with a court order and the police, so they had better get him ready. And then Ben's trying to pull Hunter with him away from her, and she goes over to him like, Rat hugs him, kisses him, and just like forces herself on him in mm. this very messed up form of affection that is just mm-hmm. like controlling. I didn't even like the way ugh. she kissed him. Like
0: no. it, to me it felt predatory. You it know what did. I'm like, I didn't yeah. like it. I didn't like the way it's she It's
1: just the grooming yeah. and the you know, it's just ugh, uh you I didn't like hear any her of tone. it. of
0: mm-hmm. it. She don't even have trusting eyes.
1: Mm No, mm I don't like you, Rita. Um mm. Not one bit. Well, so Ted is at the rehab looking around, and I think he's realizing where he's landed because I think a couple of days ago, he would have sworn he had no business being in a place like that. Like, I don't need yeah. any help. I'm just partying. I'm just kind of, you know, doing whatever. But I think he's realizing, oh, okay.
0: well, I'm here. This yeah. is the reality.
1: Well, he hears his name, and he turns around, and it is...
0: Girl, I died. It. it was Blake. <laughs> oh, my God. I thought we were done with Blake. Yeah. I
1: thought, we were, I
0: thought Blake was over with, okay? He
1: made a little cameo. Uh, and uh, Ted turns around and is like, oh, and then he tells him that he got himself into a little trouble, um, which can you imagine how that has got to... Girl, that has to
0: be crazy. Like, literally, you went from being on top of the world, big time accountant, trying to save me, change my <laughs> yeah, life. Yeah, the
1: last time they saw each other was when he dropped, dropped Drake off, off there. At the, yeah. at the rehab
0: center, you know, like, how crazy, like, I mean... So many questions Blake has, you what, know? Right. And so many explanations you have to give to it. Like, I uh-huh. mean, it's just crazy. Oh wow.
1: yeah, that's gotta be. tables yeah, turn. Uh-huh. And Blake you, looks good. Yeah, he does. And, cause you just, you just never know. You know, like, they say, never say never. Uh, but anyway, Blake st- tells him that he doesn't have to explain and he invites him to come to group with him and uh, Ted says well they talked about the last time they saw each other and Ted says well now you're back and Blake says well you could say that and so then Ted's like well I guess I'll never because he's using Blake as an example and he's like well mm-hmm. I guess I'll never get off this and, and Blake's like no you, you can do it well turns out Blake is a counselor now I
0: died yeah and I, hell Ted died yeah. like really like, I, like,
1: yeah, you telling his face. me that yeah. the tables
0: have literally
1: turned uh-huh. Uh-huh. for real
0: uh huh I mean, I mean, Blake got it together. Yeah, he he did. did. I mean, like, Mm -hmm. so you know, Ted is like embarrassed like a mug. How did I get here? Like, Mm -hmm. how does one get here? Right.
1: Mm. Yeah. Man, that's just, whoo. That, I did not see. I didn't see that coming. I didn't see it. Yeah.
0: Curveball. Again, writers, y'all doing (laughs) y'all, y'all doing the damn thing, writers. I mean,
1: crazy. Oh yeah. Uh I love how season 3 like braids in so many things that we've seen here and there over the last, you know, couple couple seasons. Facts. Yeah. So the gang is all assembled at Woody's with a bar full of other people and it reminds Lindsay of Homecoming Queen. there oh, And Brian's like, "Oh yeah, there's a lot riding on that election as well." <laughs>
0: riding on that. That's how she won riding
1: <laughs> probably knows?
0: Oh, yeah. no, Lindsay. it could have been fake she could have been living. she still was riding on
1: something <laughs> uh vic tells us that he has lived through nixon reagan and two bushes and he's still here and if he can survive all of that and even more then he says, we can survive this too and justin raises a toast to the indomitable spirit of queers everywhere yes yeah brian kind of laughs, uh, laughs at his man uh Serena so is back with the cops. Girl, she
0: just yeah. Oh wait where do you get a judge to give you a court for order real?
1: on that on
0: the spot? It, it is it's dark. It's yeah. dark. It's dark literally it is dark outside. Like mm-hmm. for one, the, the officer would have came and said the boy got school tomorrow, so let him stay here. We'll do this first thing tomorrow. You Rita got
1: some deep connections. Well, you know, she a little cricket, So, yeah, I ain't gonna tell her what blackmail she, she got Who
0: on knows? somebody. Yeah. If you put your son out there on the streets. For real, you did do a little
1: bit anything.
0: Girl, she got him out there on the track. That's what they call when you hook him the track. They got him out there on the track. Okay, oh, you God. never know what she's doing. Yeah. Okay, yeah, she mm-hmm. may be the pimp.
1: Uh, Well, Ben is telling Hunter that he might have to go with her for the night just to give them time to get an attorney, get some legal help, figure out how to handle it. And Michael's like, "Uh uh-uh, absolutely not. Because if he goes with her, we're not getting him back.
0: Come through, Michael. Yeah. Again, you have redeemed yourself. Move it to season four, Michael. I have nothing but good things for you, okay? I can't say it's going to stay that way because I know how you are. But I will say, you ended well in season three. Go ahead, girl.
1: Yeah, well, Michael knows how much trouble they can get into, but he doesn't care. He's like, I realize it, but whatever. You know, we're doing YOLO. Yeah, so they're running out, and then Hunter tells him, he's like, wait, hold up. And he goes back to hug Ben, because neither of them really know if this will be the last time that they'll see each other. That
0: was so sweet. It goes back to Michael and Ben had a tough time with Hunter, Mm -hmm. but they never gave up. They had those breakthroughs with him. He just ensured he's a tough kid. He had to, that's the only way he knew how to survive. Yeah. Now that we know that it's been you know a year or two of him on the streets, now it all makes sense. He had to build up these walls. They broke through.
2: Yeah,
0: but yeah, so Michael and Ben was breaking through to him to see him turn around and put his arms around Ben's neck. Mm-hmm. Girl, it melted my heart. I damn yeah. did not. I
1: know, and this was like. A long, lingering hug. It was. You know, he it wanted was that to, to stay with him, to stick with him yeah. just in case he doesn't see Ben again. Because Ben
0: didn't have to do none of the shit that he did for him. Ben fought for him from the day that he met him. Mm-hmm. Literally went out there and fought for Michael him. Even though Michael
1: has stepped up were it not for Ben initially being persistent about it, then they wouldn't they have never been this far Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I'll say that about, you know, I've given, and I will talk more about it, I'm sure, but I've given Brian and Justin a lot of credit for how they grow each other but i think that this was good for michael grew through this process He did. ben ben was kind of forceful with it but but it did grow michael ultimately
0: and it gave ben also that sense of fatherhood that he always wanted Mm -hmm. you know like i mean if he gets to keep being i mean gets to keep hunter i mean he has another two years with the guy through school and also he has a friend for life like i mean hunter will forever be a son to him so, like you said, I think it was a great learning lesson, yeah. for learning experience for Michael. Like, Michael definitely grew with this. He learned how to be more empathetic. And it's perfect with him becoming a father.
1: Well, yeah, around. because he needs to learn how to be responsible yeah, for something. Because absolutely. everybody's always been responsible for Michael, and he's never had to be responsible for anything. And so, now he's having to move into that role, which is very good practice mm-hmm. for him. Yeah. Well, back at Woody's, the election coverage is still on TV, and they're talking about... Stuffing breasts. Um, But this just in, with 84% of the votes counted, they can declare that the new mayor of Pittsburgh will be Marvin Deakins. And everyone screams and cheers. And then we see Brian looking Mm -hmm. like he can finally breathe. Because he
0: Boy, w- I would yeah. have I mean it would have been all for nothing if, mm-hmm. if Stockwell
1: would won. Yeah, because he was really invested in this outcome and not just because he wanted to win against Stockwell, but he knew that a Pittsburgh under Stockwell's thumb would be a horrible place for him, his friends, and his family. And we see Justin go over to him. And I love this kiss and hug that they share because they are the only two in the bar who know how much that they have each sacrificed for this. And this was something that challenged and then strengthened them as men and, and as a couple. And we don't see them hug like this often. Like they hold and touch each other all kinds of ways because Brian's a very tactile person right. and they mostly communicate through physical touch. But this is a hug of relief and like sweet victory. And <laughs> I think it's them wanting to be very close to one another as they share in this.
0: Absolutely. I, I agree. It was it was a different type of embrace. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, yeah. Like you said, like a sigh of relief. Like, oh, my yeah. God, we did it. Because, <laughs> I mean, they both sacrificed so much. I mean, mm-hmm. lost jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, they literally, Those,
1: you know. Yeah, committing felonies. Yeah, school. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah, getting kicked out of school. I mean, all, everything. I mean, going broke. I mm-hmm. mean, literally everything. And it was, some, like they said, you got to risk it all sometimes, you know. And a gay man had to do what a gay man has to do. And they believed in what they stood for. And, look, it paid off.
1: Yeah. And then it's announced that the 8th district may have tipped the vote. And so that district obviously includes Liberty Avenue. They had an unexpected heavy turnout uh, in that in that district. And Debbie says, we may have been the last vote to be counted, but we're in the vote that mattered most, or, the vote that counted most. And Lindsay's like, Let, let's go dance. And Debbie suggests they take it out to the streets and they open the door and it's all black and white out there again until someone hangs a pride flag and then slowly the color is brought back to Liberty Avenue and the we also see there on the street the couple from the beginning of the episode and they are really making out this time and as two cops awkwardly walk past But yeah. <laughs> well, they don't give a damn today. Yeah, okay. nope, uh uh-uh. And so everyone is celebrating except for Emmett and so Debbie goes over to him and She offers him a word of advice. And I love what she says to him. Mourn the losses because they are many, but celebrate the victories because they are few. Thanks. Yeah. And then she tells him, I haven't danced since the last century. And Emmett says, well, in addition to throwing parties and being a world-renowned master at the art of fellatio, he's also... (laughs) He did get young Deborah together, though. He did. got young Deborah together. (laughs) Uh, Emmett tells her he's also one heck of a dance instructor. And he takes Debbie for a a twirl. And I love young Deborah. She's out here smoking joints, dancing in the streets, giving away her tacky nicknames supporting okay, her boys. Part. Like, you know, anything to encourage them is what she's doing. Oh, <laughs> young um, Deborah. Yeah. Then we see Lindsay and Mel, and they're trying to find each other in the midst of all this noise and celebration. And Melanie's already happy and she doesn't even know that Stockwell lost, but she tells Lindsay that she got through her first trimester. So she has plenty to celebrate.
0: I love that part because I thought something bad was about to happen. Like yeah. when the
1: phone rang, I was like, oh no, I
0: think I said, oh my gosh, she missed it. Mm-hmm. I was like, that damn blanket. <laughs>
1: <laughs> damn blanket. I oh, told you, you to burn it. it back. Yeah. Yeah,
0: like, damn. But yes, she made it through, so mm-hmm. they they don't have to worry about that superstition anymore. Can't can't she give him the blanket now? I mean, no. She's still gotta no, she still got one.
1: No, she got to take that blanket back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Justin and Brian are the last two to come out, and Justin says thanks to Rage, the streets are now safe from perverts. And Justin said, you know, earlier in this episode, that Rage had to use his power of mind control, and really, that's what Brian did because ads are very persuasive; right. they change how you think. Yep. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, Brian looks over at Justin, and for just a moment, he looks at him with so much just love and awe and gratitude and contentment. And- it's scared Justin, he's like, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, what? Uh, why are you looking at me? Yeah, but I think he's thinking, like, look at what he helped accomplish with this man by his side and because of this man by yeah. his side. Because I don't think that Brian would have done any of this were it not well, for Justin. He
0: didn't have any challenge or any. Gr- he didn't have anyone to grow with. In the normal friend group. No one challenged him. They were like, if Brian Kenny's the king, that's it. Justin challenged the king. Has
1: been challenging him from season one. Exactly.
0: So, yeah. I mean, he's amazed that he's found a partner that he can grow with. Someone that gets him. That understands his mind. That's fearless, that's gonna speak out and stand ten toes down on what they believe. Yeah. And that is Justin Jawan Taylor. <laughs> that's okay? not no, no way is that his He looks like a Jawan when he when he swings the like, hammer. Okay, okay, fine. Justin fine. Jawan Taylor, okay.
1: Fine. Uh but then Justin catches Brian looking at him. And so of course Brian has to play it off and he's like, What are you doing? And he says, I'm using my powers of, of mind control. And I wonder Justin plays along this cute mm-hmm. little flirty, silly moment with them. And he's like, drop your pants, whip over. <laughs> and then he tells him, surely you can use your amazing superpowers for something more constructive than that. And Brian says, try as I might. I can't come up with anything else. And then they, they kiss, but they're like smiling so hard. Like,
0: yeah, like, they can't a
1: really, kiss. Yeah. Uh, but I, I just love this for for them and how they don't need the credit for it. like They're content to just watch everyone else. Like, they're enjoying mm-hmm. this too, of course, but I love that they are content to see how all of that was worth it. Right. Uh, well, Michael finds Brian and comes over to tell him that Hunter's in trouble, that his mom showed up to take him away and that she brought the cops. And so he tells him, I, I grabbed Hunter and ran Brian pretends to chastise, chastise him like, Michael, have you no respect for authority for the law? <laughs> and Michael says he had to do something. And Brian says, so you risked it all. Well, and see, now Michael gets it. And that's why I mm-hmm. said earlier, you know, I, I don't think he, he got it. He gets why you would risk sacrificing everything for something you truly believe in or care about. And um Brian says, Mikey, you're so, and then Michael "Just pathetic. I know, this is what he always tells him. He says, well, what am I going to do now? And Brian flips him the keys to the Corvette and says, go for it. And I feel like Justin's eyes whip over to him like, you ain't got no job. You ain't got no furniture. Yeah, no, you ain't like, got
0: no car. You ain't dead. Beat. Like, like, hold like, like, on. We won. But now you're doing the most. <laughs> we at least
1: need the wheels. Yeah. You know no. Um, and no, I think Justin, Justin just shocked because. Um, it's
0: his dream car.
1: Well, and it's just like, that was kind of the last thing he had, but. Yeah, I think he was shocked because when Michael says, what am I going to do now? Justin's face is like, "Mm, dude, I don't know. (laughs) And then Brian, just then Brian gives him the keys and that kind of gives him, gives him an exit. I heard some rumbles, uh, about Michael running to Brian with this. Like they were saying how it seems like Michael is always running to Brian for help with his problems. Do you have any thoughts about that?
0: It's the truth, but it's the only thing that he knows. Yeah, I mean, him and Brian have been together since they were fourteen. Mm-hmm. You, I, if if I spent every waking moment with you, we never left the same state. I mean, same city. We still live close together. I see you every day. I would I come to you. Yeah, you're my best friend. So I mean, that's what friends do. Yeah, I think
1: it's just the dynamic of their their, relationship. their friendship. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, and so I mean, and I mean, we always we we've always seen Michael come for Brian's needs. Like, I mean, I, I think it was time where we saw Brian burn off. Michael was like, I got to take him home. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> and Michael, Brian just drives off and leaves his ass in the middle of the road or something yeah. like. I mean, we see Michael always want to be there for, Mark, for Brian. So, I mean, it's just their relationship. It's just, it's just their
1: dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, I mean, there are times when their dynamic is good and times when it's not good. But that's just, yeah, it's just their dynamic. I yeah. Know, like, yeah. So, Brian gives him the keys and Michael says, are you sure? And Brian tells Hunter that he he's lived with a mother and it's a fate worse than death. Well, Michael knew that Brian plans to sell the Corvette to help kinda recoup some cash and so he knows that this is a sacrifice on more than one level. Like not only is it his car, but this was the money that he was gonna gonna need.
0: Well, this is what I don't get. What what the hell are you doing with the car? Because now I'm just kidnapped. <laughs> okay, like it's the difference. Oh, they're not home. We're out shopping in some groceries and shit. Yeah. Come back tomorrow. Oh, he's not here. He's at the library. Which one? I don't know. There's 20 in the city. But,
2: yeah. Both y'all missing? hmm. Baby,
0: I don't know. Like, that's kidnapping. Michael, my, my, what the hell? You... And now, you, <laughs> now I would say, now I'm Brian and at the kidnapping. So that's now, no, but you didn't stole my whip. <laughs> like, my car I got a report it stolen. Sorry, Yeah, dude. like, no. I didn't know it was missing because, you know, I, I I walk everywhere because I live over here at Liberty Avenue since I can't afford my loft no more. <laughs> so I walk everywhere. Yeah. I didn't know it was gone. Yeah. I don't know.
1: Well, Michael steps up to give Brian a kiss to say thanks, and I think Brian is kissing him back, telling him that he's proud of him.
0: And I wasn't mad about this kiss this time because, you know, for I mine, let
1: it slide. If Justin Fine. was there looking, yeah.
0: if Justin didn't like it, he would have said something. <laughs>
1: Well, after they run off into the disappear into the crowd, Justin says, "Well, geez, Brian, like now you don't even have a car," and Brian tries to pull off this frustrated and pull and put out, you know, thing like, "Yeah, I guess I have lost everything," but I don't think he re- he doesn't regret any of this. None of and it. Justin puts an arm over his shoulder and pulls him closer, and he tells him, "Not everything,
0: like I got wet.
1: <laughs> That did it for me. <laughs>
0: That yeah i
1: me. i love that uh that moment and to me brian kind of looks at him like oh yeah and then justin pulls him closer and just like yeah yeah, here. yeah.
2: It, was, it
0: was cute
1: and you know that smile on brian's face to me i think he knows it was all worth it and i could watch this like five to ten seconds on repeat for like <laughs> 10 hours <really>. right <laughs> yeah i love that this when we started this season, in the for the first few episodes, Brian had everything. He had his mm-hmm. job, his partnership. He had all this money, a child, new furniture at the loft. He had a clear path to New York. He had everything except for Justin, and he was not truly happy and not truly content then. Mm-mm. And I think now at the end of this season, he has lost everything but Justin, and he looks so content with I, that. I feel like this is the less
0: stress yeah. and the happiest he has
1: ever looked. <laughs> yeah, and I think learned the value of having a person who loves you, who knows you and who respects you and who motivates you to be the best version of yourself, to be the best homosexual you can be. Absolutely. And he's learned the value of giving all of that to someone else as well, you know? And I think that's one of the key differences in their relationship now versus season one and early season two. They, Brian for sure, but I think both of them, they now value it and see the importance of it. You know, I heard a quote once that uh, true success is when the people who love you the most and who know you the best are the ones who respect you the mm-hmm. most. And I think Brian's learning that too, because he would have thought he was successful before. But I think now, like seeing this, knowing what Justin might see when he looks at him and, and feeling like, cause I feel like Justin's always looked at him that way, but Brian mm-hmm. didn't ever feel worthy of it. Right. Like, to stand up to that. And so now I feel like he kind of can. And so I think he's seeing, okay, this is what success really, really is and what it looks like. Uh. And, and I think that's why Justin is so good for Brian. And Justin isn't going anywhere. Brian has next to nothing left. And uh, he's got some rough edges about him. But Justin sees him. And the more he sees of him, the more determined he is to stay in love. And the more he finds him worthy. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, and now I can talk for 10 hours about why I think no. Brian and Justin are good for each other. Uh, but the episode isn't quite over. Uh, the last scene, Brian and Justin go and join the crowd as the guy with the blue flag runs by. And I don't think that's a coincidence because since mm-hmm. season one... Lou has kind of been their couple color. We'll talk to about that. That's why the they, colors when they were
0: together, they were later. in the blue bathroom.
1: Yeah. And I love the last shot of them. They're kind of just like this real life rage in JT. Mm-hmm. They're protecting and serving the streets of gay That's what they did. Better than the officer. They did. Yeah. And they're standing in the middle of all these happy citizens. And I just, yeah.
0: I, this this whole time, answer. I just thought Brian was going to get beat up by the law enforcement. Everything. I was like, you're doing too much. It had me so terrified.
1: Yeah. I was terrified
0: the whole time for him. I was like, I just can't I can't take somebody else in the hospital. I just cannot. Well. But it didn't end up that way.
1: Uh yeah, I wanna go back and say something. You know, it's kinda interesting that we never hear much about candidate Deacons, Marvin Deacons, in his policies and his politics and where he stands on things, but I think we can infer that it might be one of those situations where it's like, Well, he might not be perfect, but he ain't as bad as soccer. Exactly. Like <laughs> so
0: we'll choose the, the, the better of the less evils. The lesser of two of evils, evils. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah, mm mm. I'm glad we finally got the sea Deacons too. And, yeah, uh, I'm glad
1: yeah. they put him in there. Yeah.
0: yeah, true, true, true. And I love that that uh, that he was African American.
1: Yeah, like, mm-hmm. yeah,
0: I love that. Like it was, it was wonderful.
1: Yeah. Well, that was three fourteen. I mean, it had me somewhere everywhere.
0: Everywhere, girl. I'm dying. Okay, you you know, I always love to see what Brian and Justin going to do, but this time I'm dying to see where this journey is going to take us to Ted when we get to season four. Mm-hmm. Okay, like that was just too much. Okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if I was ready for this episode where it came to Ted. Like I, I came in here ready to be like mad and on his ass, and then by the end of it, like, did me a Yeah. Like, so I'm like, I, I'm dying to see where it's gonna go. Although this season here was so explosive. Like mm-hmm. I mean, from start to finish, they did not miss a beat. It was wonderful. It was excellent. I can see why season three is everyone's favorite season. <laughs> like, no, it's it's so dope. Like, it was so much going on. And I mean. And then we got like we got a little sprinkle of the old character, you know, yeah. to see Blake again. I mean, it was great. Like I mean, everything about this episode, I mean, everything about the season was I mean, just spot on.
1: Like right. they
0: killed it. Mm-hmm. They killed
1: it. Yeah, it was it was so good. It was you know, and there was so much like a lot of people had real meat to their to their stories. That's know? what it
0: was. There's no gimmicks in this one. Right. It was
1: all mm-hmm. real meat. And then and so there there are some things that got tied up, but there's a lot of other stuff that's kind of still pending, and mm-hmm. we have to see. Okay, are they going to pick that up in season four? Will we will we get some more of that? Will we right. get some closure, or just will we get to explore that a little bit more? And yeah,
0: because Lord knows I'm dying to see. <laughs> well, okay, I still said I'm going to start speaking. You send life into existence, Lord knows I'm living to see. Yeah, I am living to see. Like I can't wait. I cannot.
1: Yeah. So we're
0: three seasons in. Three seasons in. Two more to go. Two more to go. All right, but yeah, we're gonna take our time with them. You know, we're not gonna just brush on through. We gotta enjoy each and every episode. (laughs) And guys, I wanna say uh, I wanna send a special thanks. I mean, a special wish. Um, holiday wish out. For those who actually celebrate Thanksgiving, by the time you hear this, Thanksgiving is over with, but just know that we took the time to film this I and mean, we record this for on the eve of Thanksgiving and we want to send out well wishes to everyone to celebrate the holiday. If you do not celebrate Thanksgiving, you know, thank you for tuning in and we love you just as much as um. Also. Yeah,
1: okay. yeah. I, I could have
0: worded you- that better, but y'all know where I'm <laughs> going with that. Y'all know where I'm going with that.
1: Yeah, we are grateful for all of you guys and we thank you so much for just motivating and encouraging us thank you girl come through yeah um this has been an absolute pleasure in treats for both of us yes so we are happy to do it
0: we are we are and as always until next time we are adam here bye bye